Welcome back to the Becoming More podcast. This is episode number 19. Uh, we are going to uh, have a very special episode today. On Brett's show, he talks about changing his life dramatically. And in this very special episode, Brett has brought together three people who have all been over 600 pounds. Today, we share a bit of their story and how their lives have changed. Alongside Brett, we have Chance and Doug. Uh, if you guys could just please tell me a little bit about who you are. And Brett, why don't you start us off? Well, I'm the host of this podcast, usually, but tables have turned. Um, and at my heaviest, I was 623 pounds, about just a little under five years ago. Um, and in the last three years, I've lost over 200, give or take. That's awesome, Chance. Uh, yeah, my name's Chance. Instagram handle, Fat Chance Trying. Put some underscores, you'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> At my heaviest, I was 600 pounds, um, and that's that's a good guesstimate for me. I was only ever weighed at the hospital, and this was after three weeks of being sick in the hospital and being on, like, an IV diet, and it was 597, so I'm not splitting hairs on that number. It was 600. Call a spade a spade. Um, in the last, I guess, two and a half years, I have lost over 300 put back 15 on and then now back down at last 300 so it's it's uh it's a journey that's awesome and doug how about you um i'm doug by the way i guess everybody knows that <laughs> i don't know uh my highest was right at 675 um i actually lost uh 300 pounds uh, several years ago, and a bunch of crap happened. Then I put it back on, and uh, just recently, I'm I'm having a lot of success, and uh, I just hit the 102 down, uh, 102 pounds down uh, as of last Monday. So I'm I'm uh, slowly getting back together. So that's, that's awesome, buddy. Awesome. Hey, congrats! Thank you. So I kind of wanted to go um, because all of you got to the 600 pound uh, point. And if you could kind of pinpoint to just one thing that caused you to get to that point, what would you say it was? Brett, do you want to start us off? Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, if it was one thing, I would say it was bad habits that just got exacerbated over and over and over and over and over and over. Like, where at first it started probably in like, I think it really, I was always a big kid, but even like growing up, like I would have extra at dinner. And then when I was, had a car, I was like, I'd go to the drive through on the way home from school, even though I had lunch and was going to have dinner <laughs> and get hit up Taco Bell back when Taco Bell had like under a dollar tacos. <laughs> so you get plenty of them and, uh, and stuff like that. So just, I, I think just bad habits was really what led to it. Chance, what would you say yours was? Um, I, I'd say like, I, I can follow on that bad habits trend. Um, it was bad coping skills that turned into bad habits for me. Um, I, and being a young kid, I didn't realize those were the bad coping skills. They just were something I did. I got in an argument with somebody. Well, I would go storm away and I'd eat something. I'd be happy. I'd eat something. I 
be bored after school. I would eat something and that just became habit forming later on down the road. I realized what I was doing was coping with stuff. I wasn't dealing with Cope, like my, my emotions. I wasn't dealing with them properly. I reacted to every emotion I had by putting something in my mouth, good or bad. That's just the way it was. And that in itself is, is a habit. So yeah, it's, it's along the same lines as, as Brad there. And I think that's one of those things that we don't realize how much food can have an emotional connection for us. You know, food is something that doesn't talk back to us. It's something that is there for us, you know, when we're happy and when we're sad and we start to build those psychological connections with it. So it's definitely something that, you know, happens early and then over time happens often. So, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Doug, how about you, buddy? Um, I'd, I'd say probably pretty much the same. Uh, that plus, like, really, really low self-worth. Um, like, I wouldn't feel like I was worth feeling good, like, genuinely feeling good. Um, like, like, I use... I use food not to necessarily feel happy. I use food to feel neutral. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? And uh, as long as I'm neutral, I'm content. And um, so When you say that you use food to get neutral, would you say that you feel a certain way and food gets you to, brings you up or food brings you down by that? Both. Okay. It just, yeah. so, so tell us what you mean by it. Like if, like uh, if I was having like a, a like happy times or whatever, I'd feel like my self worth. I'd feel like I'm not deserving of that. And if I was like depressed or something, I would eat to make me feel better. Um, it's kind of a twisted thing, I guess. Um, <coughs> But uh, it, no, it, it, it kind of numbed me to everything. That's, that's what point. I was just going to say, Doug. It, it numbs you out. It's like any other addiction. I mean, I've dealt with uh, drugs and alcohol as well as food. And it was just anything to find that numbness, just mm -hmm. so you could just kind of exist in that moment, whether it was a Ryan Coke or a Snickers bar, it was just, it would just take that little bit of, whatever you were dealing with and just kind of just put you in this numb state where nothing like, yep, I, I don't deserve to be happy. So I'm going to eat. I am miserable right now. So I'm going to eat and I'm just going to numb everything that's going on with whatever addiction I'm putting in my mouth. Yeah. And it's the same way. Like you go to a doctor's, visit or something and they say hey you're fine we're like well good thank god i can go to longhorn steakhouse and eat like a you know whatever all kinds of crap and uh uh it's they say if you go to the doggone emergency room because you're freaking out thinking you're having a heart attack and uh whenever you get out like i know whenever i got out of out of a uh, hospital for covid uh the very next day I was uh, ordering pizza, you know, just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's dumb, but it, it's, it's dumb, man, but it's a total addiction because yeah. I was in the hospital like 
like not even not not this time last time that when I my leg got infected or whatever but when 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 I really seriously almost died because of my obesity from from a from a cellulitis infection I legit was having chicken wings and dominoes delivered to my room mm-hmm. and the nurse would try to like stop the guy and I'd, I'd just go and yell at the nurse and they didn't want to deal with a disgruntled fat asshole so they just let it happen right yeah. So I, I completely, I, I feel you, man, 100% on that. Yeah. And I think there, there's something there that we talk about of uh, this idea of we're all trying to chase either a numbness or a happiness. And one of the things that I think all of us are trying to find is how do we get to that happy point now? And more importantly, how do we get to that happy point without food? So what are you doing now in your life to ensure that you are finding ways to be happy without it being food related? Chance, could you maybe, because you kind of started on that, could you get yeah. some insight to that? Yeah. Um, for, for me, I, and I, and I, and I've shared this in other talks, but I had to take a long, hard look in the mirror and accept a lot of what I was doing was, detrimental to myself and at the end of the day I did want to feel good and I did want to feel better so I was like everything I was doing isn't helping look at look look at look at around you chance none of this is helping this bag of Doritos isn't helping so I I took myself to therapy and I started doing like uh how do they call that cognitive behavioral therapy it's where you learn to treat your thoughts differently because all our lives we've created those habits and that thought process runs through our brain like a highway network you're a guy working a nine-to-five job and you take xyz to get home right now we need to take x over to b and then to z to break that habit to change the way we think change our thought processes all right i'm miserable i'm gonna reach for a bag of chips or some cookies or whatever instead of that we go to therapy we go to it we go to the gym we go to walk and then we start realizing our own self-worth it it sucks to call yourself out no one wants to admit what they're doing is 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 a shitty thing because that would make us weak right but like we already know we're weak we can't walk. We're at the weakest point of our lives. Like either we do something about it or, 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 or we die. That's, that's where it was for me. Um, so yeah, it just, therapy was my saving grace. Um, and then obviously the, the, the physical part of it, you know, eating right, learning nutrition, finding a diet that worked for me and mixing in, exercise and doing the whole gym thing and all that that's that's what we do now when those when those thoughts creep up um teaching yourself to be self-aware is is a great tool just be self-aware of those negative thoughts or those the way we the way we react to how we're feeling like if you can catch that by being self-aware and it like yesterday legit I was in the city and I was waiting for my wife and I was having just a shitty day because I didn't want to be there because I had stuff to do and I was bored and I'm like, I'm going to go eat. I'm going to go eat something. 
And so I legit drove to the drive-thru and then I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? And I just drove on through because like I, I, I caught myself. I'm like, this is old thought patterns. This is old habit. That self-awareness is, is a huge coping skill that a person can learn. I don't know how to teach it. I don't know how to get it. If I did, I would, I would give it to everyone for free. But it's, it's just something a person has to learn. And I think that's one of those things, Chance, that when we go through this process, especially uh, someone else who's done cognitive behavior therapy, you realize there's no substitute for relearning a habit and rebuilding that habit. And that's the process we go through. So, Brett, in, in your opinion, what's making you happy these days if it's not food? Oh, it's it's not food. Um, it's my it's, it's it's my daughter, really. I mean, that makes me happy every day. Um, but even before that, um, like last two years or so, it was more so like it was someone being aware. But it was also like I, I started I started to try not to rely on food as a reward. Um, that was a big one for me. Um, I still do to an extent sometimes, but I don't do it to the level I used to because it's tough because you still have old habits and you like, I found for me, like when I want something, like I'm going to have it um, eventually, like once it's in my head, it's not going to leave my head for a while. So like if I, all of a sudden I get like a hankering for like Qdoba's burrito bowl, like I'm going to eventually have it in the next two weeks, but I'm not going to have it every day or three times that week. Like I used to. So it's more about, I think moderation is what helped keep me happy. Um, it's also like, I also, you know, as we all do when we have this massive amount to lose, um, the scale, like moving down really fast was also like a high, um, <laughs> until it's not. It's, Which, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, but that, that was also like a high that, cause like, um, last summer when I lost, like I lost about a hundred and or not over the summer, but over the course of like six months, eight, eight months or something. Um, but when I did that, like, I would see it go down and go down and go down. And like, I was at home because of the pandemic. And so I was at home and I was always like, you know, I was really like going down to, I was eating like two meals a day, maybe, or sometimes one, I was exercising a lot. I was going to the gym, I was walking, I was doing, I had a lot of free time. So it was easier to do it then because I didn't have other commitments other than like being at home. (laughs) Like that was it. Uh, But the, the challenge is once you go back to work and then like, you're like, just got so many balls in the air that you're just trying to juggle them all and hope that uh, you can stay on track with everything. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's one of those things that you really captured is if you're really working in moderation and balance, you're going to find happiness. And by not restricting yourself, by uh, keeping something away, it makes sure that you can have something without going completely off the rails. Yeah, I, I, I like to stick to like I try to go with like what you you, you say a lot too, um eighty percent rule. Like, yeah. I try to stay on I say I try to stay, stay consistent like eighty percent of the time. Or a lot of times that like during the week I can do it pretty well because I'm pretty structured with my meals. And then on the weekend I kinda like go a little bit and usually I stay within a val a good range, but I don't try to go too crazy some most of the time. But then it still gives me the opportunity, like if I see like a dairy queen and I want a blizzard, I can go get a blizzard, but then I don't drink I don't eat a large anymore. Right. I get like the small, I don't get the kid size, but I get the small one above that. And like, that's, that's enough where it used to be like, I need like a large blizzard now. And then I need one to take with me for at home for later. So it's definitely moderation. Absolutely. And I think it's one of those things as we all get older, 
uh, we realized we can have a lot of really healthy food or we can have a little bit of really bad food, but we can't have a lot of really bad food. So Doug, what's making you happy these days or what are you using to pursue your happiness? I'm still, uh, I'm still learning this. Um, a few weeks ago uh, in my coaching stuff, um, uh, talked to, we'd had a talk about just, uh, dropping all like the mental baggage, like all the emotional baggage of the past, I don't know, 39, 40 years or so. And that to me was kind of a free and experience, uh, taking my, trying to not necessarily suppressing my emotions, but taking my emotions out of everything and just thinking logically and, uh, where I'm at now versus where, I want to be and all my, all, all my goals and stuff like that. Um, as far as happiness though, um, I'm still learning that to be honest. I just, I don't really, I don't know, but uh, I'm figuring and, it you out. You know what? Yeah, Doug, that's, that's completely fair because, in the grand scheme of things, not every day is going to be a happy day. Not every day is going to be a good day. Christ, it ain't no joke. I came off of a summer binge. I'm listening to these two fellers here talk about, oh, yeah, <laughs> shit in moderation. I'm like, yeah, I went, I, went, I went so strict and so hard that when I finally said, you know what, I'm going to try this moderation thing, and I derailed yeah. that train so fast. Yeah, It started with one Chinese dinner with me and the missus, to one ice cream cone, to me buying a bag of Doritos every night again yep. for like two months. Like my, my summer was a wreck. I yeah. mean, I was dealing with a bit of depression issues too, but it, 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 it happens. And you're, you're going through that coaching stuff now, which is great. And you're learning to, like you, like you said, not suppress your emotions, but you're learning to deal with them in another way. And that there in itself is something like that's 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 to me that should be happy for you, my friend. Yeah, because that, uh, that, that's a good way to teach yourself how to d deal with shit and thinking it, logically. It's if, it's, if it's more human beings thought logically, we'd be a lot better off. Oh gosh, yeah, you got that right. It's <laughs> not it's not suppressing my emotions. It is thinking right. through my emotions and right. what serves me versus what what's worth me putting my energy into. Like, is this going to advance to advance me? Is this going to matter in five years? You know, you know stuff like that. And I think, and, Doug, um, as as you start to, you know, separate from your emotional baggage, you'll find what makes you happy. I think one of the toughest parts in the beginning of my weight loss journey was realizing that I wasn't happy. And it took me from changing my relationship with food, changing my habits and behaviors and who I surrounded myself in my life with, that I really wasn't happy. And I couldn't pursue happiness until I got rid of the weights of my emotional baggage. Yeah. So if you don't mind me asking, what was, what's the big emotional bag you're holding on to right now? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, right now, um, I'm kind of not holding on to much. Uh, but beforehand, uh, I, 
I felt like I had to protect myself from everything because uh, um, I don't, it's, it's hard to explain. Um, I have a lot of anger issues and I do not handle anger well at all. Like I can handle being depressed. I can handle being sad. You know, all that is like really dull, but anger is like an ice pick. You know what I mean? Or at least it is to me. I don't know how much be whatever. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, uh, uh, like even with my coaches, um, up until, up until recently, I, I felt like I had to protect myself from them too, you know, I mean, and we had this big talk and that's what, uh, was got a good conversation going about everything. And like last time I lost a bunch of weight, uh, like I lost 300 pounds working at a pizza place and nothing mentally changed about me. Like I was miserable, you know, I just, I don't know. I think it's important to understand that, you know, as anger is one of those bags, but it's also keeping your guard up as a bag. And sometimes yeah. just letting that down allows that process to start. So Brett, what would you say was the biggest emotional bag you held? Um, I'll go with right now because it still is one. Um, I so I, for the last year, I think I talked to you this about this before, Rob. Um, for the last year, I've been like at the same spot, like two hundred pounds down. I've gone up to as much as like two thirty-five lost, two forty lost, and I've gone down to like one eighty-five. Like I've been fluctuating. Um, having a daughter just born in June that kind of <laughs> uh, helped that as well because I just like time is a new concept. Uh, but you know, the emotion of it where I'm like, I should, like, I, I had this piece of paper that I had in my desk at work. And I was like, I literally wrote this in 2019 and I wrote like every month. And I was like, this month I'm going to be this way. And this month I'm going to be this way. And this way, like all the way through like 2021 <laughs> through the end of 2021. And I wanted to be about a hundred down from where I am right now. And when I see that, it just, well, I don't have the paper anymore. But I threw it out. But when I saw it more recently, um, I like, I get that like depressed feeling kind of thing going on. Um, <coughs> not, not like depressed where I'm going to go binge so much because I can, I've worked through it, but it's just like, uh, it's like almost like regret. It's hard to really quantify, like describe the emotion, but it just, it's, I wanted to be somewhere. I, and also like, um, if you follow comic Anthony D he talks about this too, because he and I are kind of similar in this. We've been doing this for a while and we just want to be at the goal weight. Like, and we're not, and I, especially for like, I can speak for myself. I'm not. And it's something that where I want to be, I like to be now. And I know I could have done things differently to be there. Um, but it, it didn't happen yet. I'm also like, but then um, someone else that was on this podcast a while ago, uh, Denise, she said to me, she said, you lost 200 fucking pounds. <laughs> like, like, uh, like, like realize that. So, and, and I do, it's, it's one of those like forest for the trees kind of moments where like, it gets in my head for a little bit. And usually I, I don't let it take over to where I will binge. Um, it happens occasionally, but not often. Um, I mean, I can't remember like the last time I really binge like crazy. Uh, I mean, other than like, oh, I went, I got, we, like we went to Outback and I got a cheesecake with dinner. 
like that's not really a binge to me like that's just a, a treat so yeah um but that's that's like their more recent emotion because like losing weight like early on like kind of like similar to doug i lost the first hundred without even changing my my mindset at all i just followed a plan i did it and i lost 100 pounds and then i stalled and then that's when i started to really work on my mindset and like thinking about what why i was wanting like pretzels or ice cream or whatever it might be and it, it all went back to like habits that i had developed through you know 35 plus years of living that life of just having it whenever i wanted and letting it be an emotional crutch at times or um or just even like I just like bored, like at work is work is like the top one for me. Cause like I'll sit there and I, I sit at a desk and like, I've sat at a desk for a while and midday, like, you know, I'll have my lunch at like 12, 31 o'clock. And then at like three, I'll want something. And I and like, I'll want like, you know, whatever it might be like a snack of some kind. And then like, sometimes it's not enough. And then I want more. Cause I, I got in this habit where I used to work um 12 hour shifts. So I'd be at my desk for 12 hours. So I would just snack to keep going through the day and and now i don't do that but then sometimes i get in that where i'm like i'm a, like my mind is just like racing like i just want something and that's what I, I work on to try to not do that and try to like i do take like i take like celery and like i have a little peanut butter to go packs for like celery and peanut butter and then i have like some like hard-boiled eggs or something like that's healthy but then still like you know there are vending machines on the same floor i work on so so i, I walk by them i go to the bathroom so it's it's all those kind of like uh things just trying to work through and not not given to do that all the time and sometimes that is the way you get rid of the bag is it's those small little choices that lead up to the big one so mm -hmm. that's awesome chance what do you feel is the biggest bag you've let go of since you've started <laughs> um i don't know if i'm completely letting go of it like i i i if the bag is an object, I have it by a thread and I'm holding onto that thread, but it's for the most part gone. Um, it for me was a lot of childhood trauma that developed poor self-esteem issues and self-worth. And then that, that in turn developed bad coping skills, bad habits, um, realizing that I am worth more than the opinions of others. What was basically what, what had, what I had to let go. I, I, I am worth it to myself to take care of myself. I am not just a number. I'm not just a funny guy. I'm not just an employee. I'm not just this. I'm not just that. I, I, I'm, I'm a human being with feelings and emotions and thoughts and that person needs a healthy lifestyle that, that, that person needs to live because he's, he's a good person. He's, he's an asshole. Ask Brent. Brent knows I'm an asshole, but you know, I'm a good guy. <laughs> I'm pretty solid, but like, he, he needs he needs to live and he needs to be able to express himself and he needs to be able to enjoy life because he was put on this earth for some reason and he doesn't know what that is but while he's here he wants to be happy doing it that that that's that's what it is and I had to let go of that stuff but like I said I, I held onto those purse strings a bit because this summer when I was 
injured and I was took out of work, I felt worthless. I didn't feel like I was contributing. I didn't feel good about myself. I didn't feel like I was continuing on this journey. And again, that depression crept in and it crept in fast. Like, and it was, it was hard. So that is the biggest thing for me is, is my, my, my self-worth because when I didn't feel like I was worth anything, it, it, it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. And that's, that's what it, it's funny too. Cause I've, I've always been a big guy and I've never always been depressed, you know, like as, as a kid, I can't remember. I, I didn't know how to channel those emotions as a teenager. Oh yeah, I knew I, then you just think you're freaking angsty and whatever, but no, you're seriously a little bit messed up and should probably talk to the guidance counselor a bit more, but you're too cool for that shit. Right. So then you end up just doing all this stupid shit, eating too much, driving around, abusing alcohol and drugs, and then eat more because you're stoned. And then it's just one thing after another. And it, it just keeps leading you to poor self-esteem and poor habits. And so you, you become a, an adult and you're like, I know how to make everybody love me now to correct this childhood trauma. I'm going to go make all the money possible. And I did. And then you're, you still feel the same way about yourself. Fact of the matter is, throughout this whole stages of my life, I had tons of people that loved me. My mom loved me. My brothers loved me. My wife loves me now. Like, and I just never seen it because I was too worried that nobody wasn't. I, 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 like, I don't know why. Well, obviously, I do know why it is the childhood trauma that totally did something upstairs at a young age. But letting go of that baggage and learning to, 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 to fight that has been what's, what's made this all possible for me. And Chance, do you remember the exact moment where you realized you had to make that change, where you had to start fighting for yourself? Um, yeah. Um, it was like, I, I was in the kitchen in my house with my wife and we were discussing bills and money because I haven't been able to work and she can only work so many hours overtime and it's still not enough. And I'm lying. She goes to work and I go to my bed that's currently on the floor because I broke the bed frame and I'm lying there basically in my own filth, watching my wife cry as she walks out the door again. And it was either you, you, you end your life now today or you do something about it. And so I just kind of phone her and I'm like, all right, I need to go to therapy. You're right. I need to go get help. And that's when I started going to this therapy. I didn't think about weight loss yet. I was just thinking about my mind is so messed up right now. I need to fix that first. And then once about six, seven months into therapy, I had a friend in real life that had been losing weight through the ketogenic diet. I'm like, oh, well, if she can do it, why can't I? Like, Because it was a real person. It wasn't just some random dude on the internet or someone that you've seen on Dr. Phil. This was a real person. And... I had nothing but time because I couldn't work. So I sat on YouTube for a month 
And I watched every video possible, sifted through a lot of bullshit. And then it was the day after Canada Day, which is our like 4th of July. And so I went out and I ate ice cream. I had chips, pop, beers with the boys, everything. And then the next day I just said, nope, no more. And I was done. I started tracking my food. I would weigh out every bit of cucumber I put in a salad because I, I had to, like I was at, I was at dire straits with everything. And even through the therapy, I was having such a hard time because like financially I had ruined us because of, of my habits and my, my selfishness. So I was like, well, I need to get to therapy, but like, I only need to make it like one trip a week. And then I would always tell myself, you can't be going out and when you're going to therapy, you can't be stopping at McDonald's and buying $40 worth of food. That therapy is more important. You're going to need that $40 for next week when you want to get your ass to therapy again. So it was a lot of self-discipline to, to do, but I am very thankful for it <laughs> because like, like, like I said, I was at the point where it was either kill myself or lose my home and be homeless. So I had to, I had to figure it out. And that's such a powerful moment to have. And, you know, I think we're all grateful that you had the clarity to continue and to move forward in the way that you did. And, you know, it's, the fact you're willing to share that with us, Chance, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> right? Do you know your moment where you realized you had to make a change? Did you say me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're up, bud. The host of the show, the answer chance giving a whole life-changing altering experience but no 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 go uh yeah 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 um to be serious so chance you mentioned the hospital and dougie you did too so mine was in the hospital and i never forget um i i talked to rob about this as well when we did an episode i don't know which remember which show it was mine or his but um I was in the hospital for like, I don't have a show, so it was yours. You had so an Instagram live, going. same yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, so I, I had a pulmonary embolism five years ago almost, and I was in the hospital as when I was at my heaviest and all that. Anyway, I was at the hospital. It was like a combination of like things. It was first when I was at the first hospital I went to, they, the doctor that was on like in, in the admitting, she was like that she didn't think I would be able to fit in the MRI and I would need to go to or CAT scan machine. Uh, she thought that I would have to go to the zoo to use theirs, um, which was, yeah, wound up going to another hospital across town that did have one. Um, when I got put on the, like every time, like going on like the beds, like I had to be on a special bed because I was so big, all that, getting, getting, getting transported in ambulance on New Year's Eve from that hospital, the other one at like two in the morning. And like, it takes like six or seven guys to move me. Um, and then it was during, when I was at the, uh, the second hospital, uh, one of the doctors, she was like, she kind of asked me like, well, how did you get this bad kind of thing? And then she like, just kind of like, she was kind of cold, but she like kind of tossed the bariatric surgery pamphlet on my lap in the hospital. And it was like all those moments. And then like, I remember leading up to that when I woke up that morning, like I, I walked like 20 feet and I was like panting for air because my my system i was messed up because of the embolism and so the, all that 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 like 
couple days is when I really noticed it. Like when it really like clicked, I needed to do something. Although I, then I didn't do it for like another year and a half. <laughs> I, I, I tried to do the whole moderation thing without actually having anything in place. And just because like when I left the hospital, I, I had lost like 40, 50 pounds, something like that. And so it just was like um, a year and a half late, uh, almost a year later, my grandfather passed away. And then like, he always wanted me to lose weight. And then like, I was back up around like 615. So I was like, I can't go any higher. I can't. And then that's when I started to lose and been down since then. Yeah, I know. I've, I've heard you tell the story of they were considering sending you to the zoo multiple times. And it's still just, it hits me every time for you. And yeah. it's one of those that, you know, that, that stays with you, but I know that also fuels you. And the fact that you had two choices, essentially, you could either have taken that moment and said, you know, I'm done. I'm doing whatever I need. You know, I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing or it's no, I'm making a change. And the fact that you made a change off of that and you continue to make those changes is impressive, man. So Appreciate that. Thank you. Doug, what was your moment? Um, there, there wasn't a particular moment, but there was a process uh, of events that happened uh, back in, golly, um, 2018. Uh, I probably, probably, yeah, probably about 2018. Uh, there for about a year, a little bit more than a year. Um, I was working in a factory and my weight was creeping on up. Um, I was probably about mid fives or something then. And uh, I developed uh, really, really bad plantar fasciitis. And uh, like I get micro tires in the bottom of my feet of the ligament. Uh, uh, you can Google all this stuff, I guess. And anyway, it's ridiculously painful. And you put that on top of being a bigger, a bigger person, plus being on, con- you have no option. Uh, you have to wear steel toe boots and a, and your own concrete for 10, 12, 16 hour days. And uh, there were days that I would go in there uh, uh, towards the end of the year and I would just be crying and, you know, coworkers, it would be like, what's, you know, what's going on with you? And a couple of them pulled me over and they said, look, uh, you shouldn't be in this much pain for this little bitty paycheck or whatever, which I agreed. And, uh, well, and, uh, a couple months later, uh, I was having to take a break at like every 10 minutes or so. And I would have to go sit down, pull my shoes off just to get a little bit of relief and uh and uh eventually the nurse came around and saw what was going on and uh, i told her uh you know everything and uh they pretty much uh uh they told me they was going to put me on a temporary disability or whatever but that kind of never happened uh so I I pretty much lost my job over my my weight and my feet and all that mess and uh, the only way to heal that well I had I had went and I had had injections put in the bottom of my feet uh, everything you could do to 
to help it. Uh, Custom-made inserts, all that crap. And nothing touched it. I mean, it was because I was so heavy. And, uh, you know, the only way I could get any relief was just to not be on my feet. And so for quite a while, uh, I just came home and I would, uh, I'd pretty much lay around all day until I started to feel better. And, uh, even then, uh, like whenever I would get up to like take a shower or something like that, I would get winded. Um, and it got so bad that I had to start taking breaks just to take a shower. And then it kept on getting more, it kept getting worse and worse and worse to the point to, uh, I would get winded just, uh, standing up and, uh, I would go to bed and I would, uh, I wouldn't care if I woke up the next morning. Because that's you know, freaking miserable, you know. And I think and, it's tough. I think when you're getting winded just doing basic functions, and I was there too, and I'm sure everyone on this panel has felt that, you get to a level of frustration that it just seems like, why bother? And I need to make that change. So, yeah, yeah I get it. So, for the three of you, um, you hit this moment of revelation of enough's enough. I got to make a change. Chance, I know you said you kind of looked at keto and said, that's where I'm going. Brett, where did you kind of look to see how you were going to start to turn this around? Um, so I had fought, I'd been on Instagram and I had followed people, which is <laughs> like everybody else says. Um, no, I followed some specific accounts and I saw one guy from the UK that he had lost. He was been in the fives and he lost like 200 plus pounds on this like Weight Watchers-esque um, diet plan and so i did that so it's basically like uk weight watchers called slimming world sounds sounds better than weight watchers but um and that, that was why i really did the first year um and it was just like tracking i didn't i i try you weren't so you didn't have to track it um in like whatever app you want to use of choice but i did um just to kind of know where i was at because i knew i knew that i couldn't even though i was like within like their range of like what's acceptable within like your day. Um, I knew that if I had, if I was eating 3,500 calories a day, I'm not going to lose as fast as I would if I ate like 2,500 or less. So I always try to keep it down like that, but that was how I really got started was doing that Weight Watchers ish plan. Got it. And Doug, what are you doing? Um, right now I'm just doing uh, calorie restriction pretty much. Um, you know, I dabbled in keto just a little bit and, uh, I had some success with it, but for right now, uh, just watching my, my calories and everything. And like, at the end of the day, that's, that's, it, it sounds so cliche, but calories are the most important thing. Watching. I, I have argued with carnivore people because I kind of lean toward the carnivore things now with, with my diet. But like, they're like, oh yeah, just eat all the meat. And I'm like, yeah, no, if I eat five pounds of bacon a day, it's not going to be good. <laughs> like, no, I like, you can't do that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's going to be delicious. You're just not going to lose weight. Well, exactly. Right. 
And again, I find a lot of people are, and I'm not trying to be a keto advocate or a carnivore advocate or whatever. A lot of people are very, have a misconception that we're drinking butter. I mean, there are idiots out there that do that, but like keto taught me how to count my calories. It taught me how to eat healthy foods. I've never ate more vegetables in my life than I do on keto. Well, when I wasn't doing carnivore, like I kind of do now, um, prior to keto, I was on a waiting list for bariatric surgery in Canada. It's, 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 a it's a selective surgery. And unlike the States or the Mex Mexico, like we just can't go to a surgeon and pay for it because it's just our way our healthcare system works. So I get put on a waiting list. I'm 600 pounds, but I'm at the bottom of this list. I like, I mean, I had to do, try something. So I was, I was, you know, they sent me all these emails with like forms and papers and pamphlets on what the bariatric surgery was about and the diet and their whole program and protocol you had to go through. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to, I started looking into this. I joined like a local bariatric Facebook group, started talking to people on there. Cool, cool, cool. From what I was learning from that, mixing with what my friend was talking about keto, I was like, well, why don't I combine the two and just do a jump start while I'm waiting here on this list, which like I'm still on the list. I'm nowhere near halfway up. It's two and a half years later and I'm still on this list. But yeah, that's 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 kind of where I started looking at the bariatric route. I will I will say this and I always advocate this. Anyone that thinks bariatric surgery is a joke or an easy way out, you're very, very mistaken. Very, very mistaken. I don't personally I don't think I could have done it. I, I really don't. The that whole what I was learning is like that that liquid diet, that pre-liquid diet. Oh hell no. Hell no. I would I, I would have freaking buckled under that. But with keto, someone's like, all right, you could have a steak and then some broccoli and cheese. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, that like I can deal with that. Right. But yeah. and then like you talk to people in the weight loss community and they'll, they'll show they're like, oh, this is my bariatric sleep dinner. I'm looking at that like, who, who the hell is that going to feed? Like, I'm a big man. I, I will tell you, someone who's, who's had it, though, um, you're absolutely right on the liquid diet. I almost ate a dish towel because I used it to clean pizza and it smelled like pizza. And by day <laughs> 10 of a liquid diet, I legitimately was having the thought in my head of like, maybe I just licked the dish towel. Maybe the calories won't count. So I right. totally get it. And I think what's impressive that chance is the fact that you're waiting, instead of waiting for your weight loss to come to you, you kind of said, no, I'm going to take it into my hands and keep driving with that. And yeah. it, it's, it's impressive with that. So I guess what I always ask, and I look at the three of you and you all have you're all people who I've looked up to throughout this process that I followed you and started my weight loss process. I, I really did look to a lot of your pages to get an idea of, okay, if they're doing it, how do I do it? The question I always have for the people who have, you know, over a thousand followers is those, who do you look up to? Who are the people who you really are like, this is who I kind of look up and try to see and emulate. Chance, you want to start us off? Um, when I first started, like, gawking around on the IG, I wasn't 
I never had social media. I had a Facebook, but it was only for marketplace because I like to buy junk and car parts and shit. <laughs> um, but so I, so I started this Instagram and I just would type in hashtag keto, right? And whatever. First person I seen on there was Dusty Lost 300. It was one of his stolen photos. And, but I was able to, I kept seeing it and I was able to finally track down the real page, which I mean, obviously wasn't too difficult. So he you was, hadn't really made it as someone in the Instagram community until someone had stolen your picture and said, you did this all through keto or an herbal tea. And that's when yeah. I knew I was doing well is <laughs> when they're like, man, I used herbal teas and this keto diet that I've never heard of. And I've lost all this weight from that. So sorry to cut into there, but no, no, yeah. no, that's, that's quite all right. And that's why like, I'll get a DM from somebody and they're like, Oh, this page stole your photo. And I'll look at him like, yeah, they got 250,000 followers and I guarantee like 280,000 of them are fake and bought. But you know what? I don't care. Cause if you're, if you are smart and I'm, I'm not, and I'm sorry, even at 600 pounds and I had a food addiction, I was smart enough to know that drinking tea and taking some magic powder isn't going to change who I am. Like, I'm not, I'm not stupid. So I'm going to look and find out who this real person is. I have like, to cancel my order is what you're saying? Pardon? So I have to cancel my order is what you're saying? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's worth, worth your money, man. Like, personally, you'd be better off buying pizza than, than, than that shit. Um, no, that was never, never something that, that like I thought about doing and everyone DMs me like, oh, they stole them. Like, I don't, I don't give a shit. Cause maybe, maybe there'll be that guy like me who was up at 3am looking for an answer. And I see a guy like Dusty or I see a guy like, like, like Gourmet and, and, and I, I see these people. And there are some people that pictures I've seen that I still don't know who they are. And they might have been Photoshopped, but damn, if that wasn't inspiring enough for me to be like, okay, I, I can do more of this. I can keep going with this. Cause if, and, and another ones I would always look at is like people that just look normal, you know? Cause sometimes you're like, you'll see like this, like, like a, a fitness dude, right? And it shows them like morbidly obese and everything. And then the next thing you know, it's like, man, this guy's a good looking dude, like chiseled up. Rock solid, like 300 or uh, 265 pounds. And I'm like, no, I don't want to look like him because that is like so unattainable and fake to me. I want to just look like a normal human being. Fast forward and, two and a half years later, I want to look like that guy still. <laughs> and I think for a lot of us, it's that, you know, just even a sense of normalcy. Or I'm always impressed uh, when we, we have those posts where it's like, I went into a regular people's store and I bought regular people clothes. And for us, that's such a struggle and such a milestone through that mm -hmm. process of where do we get our clothes and do everything that I totally get where you're coming from. But Brent, who do you look up to? Well, first, I want to say I'm really excited that we got a story in the podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, um, so... so I, mine's mine's changed over the time um because because i did have people i looked up to i'm not gonna mention who it is um these people that i mentioned so that was the question no no no, no. just a specific type of person are the ones who as they got to like a like a certain point in their journey they like totally like just sold out and they were just about selling something and i get that they have that they want to make money off of their journey like got to the point where all their posts and all their stories were all about like some product or like some sponsorship. 
Yeah. And that just really like soured me on them. Um, some people I, I would say early on, I found, well, one doesn't exist anymore. It's a guy that said from Slimming World. His name was like Jack Towers, I think. Um, he's not on Instagram anymore. But then there's like, um, like it was like Fat Girl Fed Up, or Beast to Beast, um, were really early. And then like over time, like Gourmet was another one. Uh, Gourmet Goes Keto. Um, going back way before uh i mean on instagram is when i first met doug like almost about 10 years ago uh when he had lost the 300 and i was in the we were on the opposite sides of where we are now kind of thing um and i was just like man that's like incredible because i was in the fives probably then um so he was one at a time when i didn't even have a clue what I, what i would do like i thought it was impossible like i really did um and then and then it's like more recent um it's been people that like because i mean we've all been seeing i'm sure you've seen the transformation when you see some of the transformation tuesdays and it's like people that look like they're supermodels now or like they 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 call themselves quote-unquote fat and they used to be like 250 pounds and no offense to somebody that's 250 pounds but like when you're like 600 like 250 seems like thin um but um you know when, when you see like more than just a pretty picture but you see like that their caption or like they're like you see that they're they they're definitely dedicated they definitely have like a mindset shift like that's something um like i, I know like uh like my like I, I know rob like you uh do all your steps now and like you got that from me like a while ago I did. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and it's always nice to see your posts about it because i remember when i was doing that all, all the time <coughs> back when fitbit used to let you actually share your steps easily we're not going to go there, Brett. We've talked about how it raises our blood pressure. Keep talking. Um, but but, but it, it is. It's it's newer people, like new people getting on the journey, like that, like that are just starting. Um, that I get messages from, and they're like, "Man, your transformation is incredible." And beyond the people that are trying to sell me to be to be for them to be my coach, um, but but because we all get those DMs, I'm sure. Um, but but yeah, it, it's just like getting new people that are wanting to make a change, and then like. Mm-hmm. They they also reach out to you, so I know I'm not giving you specific names, but like, uh, of course, there's the big names. There's like Gourmet, there's Poro, there's Jarps, there's uh, Kenny, <clears throat> Shrinking Four Hundred, and who's that? <laughs> he's some dude from Long Island that likes the Philadelphia Eagles for some reason. Uh, oh. But I don't know if I Long Island for all the uh, Canadian people listening. Long Island's this weird uh, time warp place. Where they think it's the center of the universe, uh, but it's actually the exact opposite. It, it's where, you know, culture goes to die. But keep going, Brett. Um, and, 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 you know, most of those people I've actually met in real life now, which is different because, you know, you meet somebody that you knew on the Internet in real life. And you're like, it's, it's, it was like the first time I met somebody who was Poro. And I was like, is he going to be the same person that he is on, online? Or is it going to be like, is that like a persona? You know, because you never know like how, how it's going to be because you always see certain things and it's just like it isn't online like there's no it's not a persona but um but i've seen other ones where it's people that I actually know in real life that have an online persona and i'm like that's just weird uh but yes yeah. so, so i i feel like i feel like you find some of the big accounts and then you can kind of see who they're tagging that's what i look for like who are they tagging that's like someone i don't know sometimes because i'll get tagged in them and i'm like oh who else is tagged because i'll be just curious if there's somebody I didn't, I didn't see before. Cause it's so easy, especially if you're not on Instagram, like all the time, like I used to be, I try not to be anymore. Cause it just becomes a time suck. 
like I, no, I, 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 I don't know how you make your reels because like I, I feel like that would take me eight hours a day. <laughs> and with with enough effort and time, Brett, you can get it down to seven and a half. So Doug, who are you looking up to? Oh man, uh, when I first started uh, Instagram, it was uh, more about like welding and car parts and stuff like that. And um, and this is where the podcast turns to 18 people you should be following in the welding and car parts community. Chance and Doug are going to do this. I'm going to go grab a drink. Uh, yes. Let me know when this is done. Yes. Uh, but anyway, and it, uh, that account got hacked. So I created my uh, weight loss one uh, to what it is today. Um, so if your car parts account never got hacked, are you telling me you would have never done any of this? Um, I would have. That's a yes. So let's find out who are you looking at that uh, in the Instagram community that you look up to, Doug. Um, I think the first person that I know that I knew was Gormy. Uh, me and Gormy went back. Gosh, long, longer than me and Britt did. And uh, before that, it was uh, David, a guy by the name of David Smith. Um. He uh, um, was one of Chris Powell's uh, uh, clients, and uh, he uh, he uh, lost like four hundred pounds or something like that, and uh, uh, super inspiring man. And uh, him, Gourmet, and I think uh, I think it was Obese to Beast. Then I think it was Lexi and, uh, you know, all the other big ones, you know, um, you know, I, I know like Jarp and all them, like every, everybody with the, uh, the ALG stuff is like top notch stuff. I mean, we're, it, it's so, it's so awesome to be a part of a community, uh, that, has your back you know what i mean uh you know they're not out to judge anybody or anything they're out to actually offer support and everything and that brings us to a great point doug is so much of us it helps to have community and support and people in and i know you found it through alg but who are some of the people that really support or help you in the community Hmm. It's <clears throat> a good question. Um, so I, I mean, I was one of the, like we jokingly call ourselves the OG from ALG. Um, cause I was there pretty early on. Um, I don't go on there much anymore cause the calls are, they kind of go like an hour and a half to two hours and I'm usually in bed by the time they're <laughs> done. Um, but. So uh, slightly shorter than this podcast. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I have a close group of people that I rely on online. Um, so like we have a little uh, group chat. I have a couple of group chats I'm in where they're just people that I've seen, like I clicked with, you know, like it's not necessarily like they're the people that you'd expect or whatever, but you know, and also like the people I've met in person, like I have more of a connect, I won't say more of a connection, but there is, when you actually see each other face to face and you have like real conversation and not behind a screen, like, I, f I feel like, I feel like you uh, have a connect, you just have more of a connection. Um, 
So, I mean, you're sometimes you rob are one of them. Sometimes you like to troll me a little bit too hard. Well, yeah, and that's that's, uh, that's why I'm here, buddy. But yeah, so I'm also in like uh, I was in this running this running and football group chat last year and into this year, and now like this this Saturday I'm meeting most of them. Um, we're doing like a 5K in Southern New York State. <laughs> Uh, nice. which I never, I did five K's virtually last year. I never did one in like actually in a race. So I'm just hoping I can get it done in an hour. That's my, that's my goal. But yeah, it's, it's, it's mostly those people. And I mean, I'm not going to necessarily say who they are, but it's just like finding your people that you click with. Cause it's so hard. It's so hard to like when you're out there and you're like at the weights we were, it's so hard to trust people. So like, even, even now, like I, I'm, I'm always, I always kind of have that Stone Cold Steve Austin DTA. Don't trust anybody in the back of my head. Uh, but I try, I try to see what people repeat. <laughs> Sometimes I do a test and see what, what gets repeated and what doesn't. And then I know if I can trust the person. Cause like if, if it's something I only told one person and I hear it somewhere else from someone else, I know that it was repeated and it, it just, cause I've had it happen before where stuff got repeated. I didn't want to. No, I totally get that chance. Who do you look up to bud or who's in your, uh, circle um there there's there's quite a few um a few that come to mind right off the top of my head one is uh poor 92 him and i i consider him a brother um gourmet and one lone canadian girl uh anna will squat for poutine i don't know if you guys follow her or not but her and I can have a conversation. I, I can be in a bad mood and I will DM her and I can be having a craving and I'll be like, yo, I need your help. And like, she's like a little sister and we just, we just click. We've clicked since ever she started following me um, or I followed her or whatever, but obviously both Canadians. So even though she's really close to be, well, she's French, but she's not in Quebec, but she's French. So I, I don't hold it against her much, but you know, you know. But yeah, those 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 would be some of my some of my people, definitely. No, and that's awesome. And I look at the three of you, and you have such an awesome ability to talk to this community. And when we look at what you're able to do, you do have the ability to influence the community or change a shift or mindset or get your word out there. What's one thing you'd like to see change in the weight loss community? And how, just that, what's one thing you'd like to see change in the weight loss community? Chance, you want to start us off? Uh, yeah, it doesn't happen to me, but everyone needs to chill the hell out with like ragging on each other for what they do, how they eat, how they exercise. Like if you're moving in a positive manner and I've, I have come unglued on i've made posts there videos or whatever where i've come unglued like if, if you're waking up every day and, and we hear this a lot well that one percent better oh but oh how dare you eat eat uh rice or how dare you eat potatoes well you know what that one percent better he didn't have free cokes he only had two give the man that and fuck off he's doing he's doing good for himself if that's what he did today to better himself, let him be. 
Because you going in there and shitting all over his head, you know what? Tomorrow he's having five just to tell you to fuck off. And that does nobody no good anywhere. I don't know why I've never been bullied, but it's never happened. But I, I, I see people and they make these posts like, oh, I'm tired of people ragging on the sleeve community or whatever. It's like, seriously, why would someone do that? Why would people shit all over people when they're just trying to better themselves? I'm always curious about that, too, of the people who are just like, oh, by the way, I woke up this morning, I made a burner account that has zero posts, uh, but I follow like 800 people, and I just say nasty stuff, and it's like, uh, there's a special place in hell reserved for you. So, yeah, like, like, go to the gym and lift some weights, and then, like, maybe ask your mom for a hug, because apparently she didn't fucking do it enough. Always a valid point. I, I know I posted uh, earlier in the weekend about, like, yes, I have a donut at the end of my week. I used to have a dozen donuts. And it was weird because the, I got literally it polarized as anything in the internet does of half the people saying, yes, you should enjoy your donut. It's great. That's the most awesome donut. And then the other half are like, you know, that donut's like 800 calories. And if I ate that, I would be dumping and being on the floor with my sleeve. How are you eating a donut with your sleeve? What do you mean you're caloric? And it's just insane of, you know, uh, just support each other. It's not that hard. Here, here, here's, a, here's a for instance tonight. I made my food post. I had beef and broccoli. This person left this really long comment. I don't even know. They said, I've been following you forever, but keto's dangerous. You're going to die, blah, 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 long-term ramifications. All right. Yeah, I'd say being 600 pounds. Still, 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 gave them the little, still gave them the little heart. I like everyone's comment, and I move on. Unless it's some, like, perv, then I just erase the comment. But, like, don't entertain it. Like, don't entertain yeah. that shit. That's what they want. Just don't entertain it. But that's what I would like to see change is people just fuck off and be nice for a change, maybe. Yeah. Hey, that's exactly the uh, phrase we should put on a shirt, you know. <laughs> F-O-C <Fuck> nice. <laughs> Chance copy to write that, because if not, I'm going to be selling them uh, on the internet with every purchase of keto tea, uh, you, you know, go. for $9.99. But what's one go. thing you'd like to see change? Um, I think somewhat similar to Chance's was, I, I feel like stop putting labels and everything where people label like not just like whether they're doing a certain brand keto or uh paleo or whatever that's fine but it's like you know they label themselves as like as cheating because they like overindulge one day or because that's the biggest part of it because um i feel like when i see people say they, they cheated and then they start to like i've seen a couple posts where they'll cheat and they're like oh i cheated today i cheated today or cheated like I cheated Monday, I cheated Wednesday, cheated Thursday. Uh, I had a bad week, and like it just like it just kind of like beats you yourself up <laughs> in a way. And then also, like being one part of the label thing too is you want to constantly be part of this group. So you want to be part of the club, <laughs> and people worry about being part of the club. And then when they're not part of the, when they don't get to be part of the club for something that they did, then they feel like they're they're uh, they're left out or they they have like that FOMO. So. Like that's that's mostly what I think because it's just just an observation I've had in the last few months of I see a lot of label like labels of different things being out there in the community and it just it kind of becomes where is this really important <laughs> like that, that's, that's kind of what I come down to is like how important is this like, it's kind of like why I've kind of back to like I don't know if you probably don't notice but um, I kind of backed away the last two months I don't really post a whole lot like I post my podcast episodes but I don't post like the transformation throwbacks and the face to faces and whatever else we do. Cause it's just like, I don't have a whole lot to say right now. Um, 
other than like sharing my story and like being there for other people, but I don't have a lot to like new to post. So I'm like, I don't need to post because I'm, oh my God, is somebody, am I going to get a hundred likes on this photo? Am I going to get 150? Like, I, cause that's what people say to me. So they're like, how do you, how did you get three? Like, cause one time I had like 700 or something. Like how do you get 700 likes on a pic on a post? I'm like, cause I did <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So, and, and, and that, that's, that's what I'd say could be improved. I'm always impressed with, uh, and we've talked about this, Brent, is there's these posts where it's like, hey, I'm really going to put like my heart and soul into what I'm going through. And I found this really awesome picture of where I'm at and everything. And I'm like, 14 likes. And then the next one is literally like, hey, if you lose a pound of weight, it takes 10 pounds off your knees. And that's like 5,000 likes. And I'm like, yep, there we go. That's the internet for you. So Mm -hmm. I think you're right. We don't really want to put too much effort in that. Doug, what's one no. thing you'd like to see change? Um, I would like to, to see all the MLMs go straight to heck. <laughs> you know, it, like I don't know, like they, 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 some of these products they may actually be good, but the way they sell them and the way they advertise them is just pure shit. Uh, <laughs> Like, I, I, I like that you said go to heck and then said pure shit later. Oh, well, sorry. You know. I kind of want to see what Doug's scale of what allows the curse and what doesn't allow the curse because I feel like it, there, there needs to be a three by five card so I know what level of swear jar we have. Well, I'm trying to keep it. I'm oh, trying it, to stay composed. It, it's totally fine. Okay. But, uh, like, these people, they can be called health coaches. Just cause they like okay, I'll I'll go ahead and spill the beans. There was this this lady probably several months ago. She was asking me for all kinds of dietary advice, right? And because apparently they people think I know what I'm talking about. Uh, just cause I've lost a little weight, so I I tell her you know you know uh, uh, how she might help herself drop you know get started or whatever. Literally, the next week, she is a health coach selling this MLM bullcrap. I'm just like, you asked me for advice last week, and now you know everything. Okay. You know, yeah, because she's got crap. your secret thought. She yeah. knows what to do because she's got your key. Uh, it's called, adv- well, oh, oh, I need to monitor what I say. I apologize. But. Yeah, it's 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 so frustrating. It's it's not as bad as it has been in the past, but it's still pretty bad because it might work for somebody who only has like twenty or thirty pounds to lose, but you go up against somebody that's got uh, food issues and all this sort of mess. It's not going to touch them. You know, I mean, if you need to lose some weight for like a wedding or something like that, that's what, that's what may, you know, 20 or 30 pounds for a wedding, but certainly not no 300, four or five, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I know we're getting close to the end of this uh, because it's getting awfully dark in Chance's car. Uh, yeah. So I, I want to close on one question and a lot of what we talked about today is that this didn't happen overnight for any of you. 
This is a long process. And it's one that has taken a mental, emotional, physical toll in a good way of you've had to do work from that. At what point in this process, if it's happened yet, have you just looked at yourself in the mirror and said, you're going to be okay? And when was that moment for you? Doug, you want to start us off? I do that every morning. I really try. Uh, it's a process, but uh, I try to do that every morning and just try to stay, keep myself calm and everything, which is hard at times. Uh, but it's what I do. It's part of my routine. So, Brett, how about you? I think it was about I hit like 70 pounds down was the first time because I, I saw myself in the mirror and it was like well the first time I did it it was actually like my first transformation photo and it was I wasn't doing it on Instagram then like I wasn't on I wasn't really pre- uh, posting a community but um I, I saw like my face and I was like looks thin <laughs> and and then I was like I was like it was just like one of those like I look good kind of things, but it was also like, I feel like I'm going in the right direction and this isn't impossible. Like I thought it was before. Like I always thought it was impossible. Cause when you have like to go from a number like 600 plus to like 250 as your like goal weight, um, you know, the, it seems impossible. And, and then like, it was just a matter of setting small goals and then seeing it. I was just like, man, I can actually do this. And that's kind of where I've gone for since then. And it's just a matter of like, uh, keeping a positive mindset since then. No, that's awesome. And having that positive mindset. And sometimes it is like when you see your face look a little differently, that really makes you realize it's going to be good. Chance, how about you, buddy? Um, for me, I, I, I don't know. I just think, honestly, maybe like when the first 30 pounds rolled off and that was like within the first month, and then the next five and then the next. And every time I was like, wow, this, this is working. This keeps working. This keeps working. And again, it goes back to me holding that purse strings. I'm, I'm kind of in this stall up down limbo stuff, but I notice a lot more body changes. Some days I'll look really buffed out. And then the next days I feel I won't. So I'm still kind of struggling with a bit of body dysmorphia and, the way I look without a shirt on versus with. And so, so I don't know if I'm quite there yet. Like I know I'm going to be okay. and I know I'm going to continue. I just have to wrap my head around maybe not being at such a rapid pace. Cause when I came out of the gate, I came out of the gate hot, fast and hard. And it was like, all of a sudden I was under 300 and then it's just, just been this stop of up and down, up and down, up and down. And it's been a bit of a bit of a mind thing to work through, right? And then yeah, so I don't I don't I know I'm gonna be okay, but I don't know when that moment exactly was or whatever. So that's that's where I'm at with it. And I think with early success, that is always the fear is when does that success start to slow down or stall and how do we adjust from that? And if no one else tells you, uh, we're all proud of the work you do, Chance. So on that happy note, 
I want to do for Chance and Doug something that Brett won't, and thank you for taking time out of your day to discuss some very serious issues in our community. Uh, tune in next week when Brett has John, Kenny, and Denise pile into a van and solve mysteries. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great night, everyone. Awesome. Mm.